Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, well, 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 well. More press, more disaster. You know, I was thinking about how to approach this. I've been invited on the Hannity TV show on Fox, and I'll be there 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll join us. And I think a couple of the subjects that will probably come up are the media and what the media have done, and probably Alexandria And so uh, I want to address some of this with you, my beloved audience, first and foremost. Here's some of the fundamental problems I see with the American media. There are no uniform standards among news outlets. No clear line between news and opinion. No universal rules of professional conduct for journalists. No particular experience required. Look at Chuck Todd, Chris Cuomo, George Stephanopoulos. These are not professional newsmen. And no commitment to objectivity. You can hardly distinguish between news and opinion. The mass media is overwhelmingly left-wing and overwhelmingly pro-Democrat party, I think, This presidency has demonstrated that more than ever before. They hate President Trump. They hate his supporters. Even more broadly, they're very cynical about our founding principles, capitalism, national sovereignty. They love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 29 years old and dumb as a doorknob, but they keep promoting her. And I notice some conservatives do too. The Obamas, Barack and Michelle, Bernie Sanders, leftists, democratic socialists and their agendas. They're very protective of them. They never really seriously question people who advance college for all, health care for all, a minimum income for all, and so forth and so on. So the result is what? Old-fashioned yellow journalism. It's an old term that applied to Hearst and some of the newspapers in New York that duked it out, and they had these very, you know, uh, broad headlines that that would attract people's eyes. They were sensationalistic. They were scandal uh, newspapers, and very unprofessional and very uh, unscrupulous. So that's what we have today. Here's the problem. That First Amendment there is for a reason. It's not for 
Time Warner. It's not for Comcast. It's not for the New York Times Corporation or the Washington Post Corporation or any of the rest of them. It's for you and me. These entities didn't even exist when the First Amendment was adopted with the other nine. Freedom of speech and freedom of the press go hand in hand. And when you have almost a monopolistic pack mentality, groupthink, in the mass media, in the major media, it undermines a republic. Look at it as free speech. If speech pretty much only went one way, you wouldn't have a free society, now would you? The consequence is lousy reporting. Grabbing onto anything you can in order to besmirch your targets. Inaccurate reporting. And then when somebody calls you out like the president or anybody else, you're said to be attacking freedom of the press. Actually, they're the ones destroying freedom of the press. The mass media are committed in this country to sabotaging this presidency, and that undermines this republic. I'm not talking about tough, aggressive reporting. I'm talking about advocacy. That's what I'm talking about. And so you have the BuzzFeed situation. You have the Covington situation. You have the Kavanaugh situation. You have... Endless false reporting about the president and Russia, about his children and Russia. And so they issue their apologies and their corrections, if they issue their apologies and corrections, and they move on. You look at lawyers, like them or not, there are rules of professional conduct. There are rules of professional conduct. You look at doctors, they have more tests and more requirements than any other profession. Electricians, in order to be licensed, plumbers, in order to be licensed, you have to know certain things. You have to practice certain things. There has to be standards. There has to be standards. We have standards throughout our society for all kinds of jobs. Some are white collar, some are blue collar, some are no collar. Except journalism. Journalism. You can come out of politics, you can come off a of president's staff, you can come off Capitol Hill. And if somebody says you're a journalist or you're an anchor, then you're a journalist and you're an anchor. And what's lost in all this? Objectivity. Now, these people will self servingly tell you that we can still be objective. But as they say, the proof is in the pudding, and they're not. The proof is in the pudding, and they're not. And so we get what we get. And in my view, we're back to yellow journalism. Or let me put it this way, and I think I'll say this on Anity if I remember. The fourth estate has become the fifth column. The fourth estate, the media, has become the fifth column, undermining the country from within. That, in a thumbnail sketch, is what's taking place in this country, in my humble opinion. 
hope these words are taken down by my friend at Right Scoop, by CR, and placed on their sites, because I feel this is fundamentally the issue. And the bias moves almost monopolistically in one direction. I'll give you an example. The Democrats demand 10 years of Donald Trump's tax returns. We hear this endlessly. Okay, what about 10 years of the Speaker of the House's tax returns? I mean, she's the Speaker of the House. She's in charge of legislation, appropriation bills that come out of the House of Representatives. How about 10 years of her tax returns and her husband? They're worth tens of millions of dollars. No. Why bother? Doesn't matter. You well know, you listen to this show and you watch other shows that have made the point of showing the hypocrisy, the flat-out hypocrisy of the Democrats on the issue of immigration over the years. How many of these media outlets have pointed that out? Maybe in passing. But when Nancy Pelosi says not one dollar for the wall, why don't they show where Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and down the list supported not one dollar but $50 billion? When their favorite democratic socialists come up with their cockamamie schemes of free health care, of free college, of a minimum government-subsidized income for every American, and there are other schemes and plans, why don't the media talk about the debt that we have? Why don't the media talk about the impossibility of funding these projects? Why don't the media talk about how they'll bankrupt Medicare? But they don't, and they won't, because they agree with the agenda, because they're not seeking objectivity, in the least. And they're very tolerant of violence on the left. Antifa. They said very little about Antifa, maybe in passing here and there. Antifa is a violent left-wing Militia, which trains its members to hurt people. And yet, the media had to be confronted by people like me, dragging and kicking, to acknowledge this fact. Martin Luther King's birthday was yesterday. One Democrat politician after another, and their surrogates, Accused the president of being a racist. Accused his supporter of being racists. This is on CNN and MSNBC. No pushback whatsoever. 63 million people voted for this president. 63 million people. He won the presidency. And yet he's a racist and the people who supported him are racist. And the media are not only happy to report it, they promote it. And they continue to bring on, as contributors on cable news, people who make these statements. 
What about the growing hate and anti-Semitism within the Democratic Party, including among elected members? I've been banging that drum here for a long time now. And it's growing on the left. Big time, in a big way. How many news stories have been done on this subject on CNN and MSNBC, or anywhere for that matter, in the mass media? None, maybe one. I know my buddy Hannity mentions it all the time on his Fox show. How about the newsrooms? How many newsrooms have done a story on that for any of the cable channels or any of the networks? Few, if any, as far as I can tell. How do we hold the media accountable? Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is a First Amendment. We do support the Bill of Rights. We do support our Constitution. And short of suing an organization or a particular reporter for libel, and if you're a public figure, that's a very high bar, given the Supreme Court decision in New York Times versus Sullivan. The only way you can hold the media accountable is to turn a blind eye to those organizations, the media corporations that disrespect you, that attack your values, that reject objectivity, and that are seeking to sabotage a duly elected president. You know which groups they are. You know which individual journalists they are. That's how we do it. And also by creating competition, whether on the internet or elsewhere, as technology changes, we embrace it and we use it to advance the cause of liberty. That word, liberty, that's what it's all about. And you'll never hear it on CNN, MSNBC, CBS. ABC or NBC. Mark Lovin. One hundred and seventy-five years. That's how long Hillsdale College has been around. As we start a new year, Hillsdale's entering its hundred and seventy-fifth year, but in all of that time, it still holds the same principles since eighteen forty-four. The college was founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful and to hold up what is good. Most colleges have lost their way and are now in the grip of political correctness. They reject the idea of objective truth and peddle moral and cultural relativism, not Hillsdale College. Hillsdale continues to provide sound learning essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. Hillsdale is my favorite college because it has stayed true to that mission and extends it nationwide on behalf of Liberty. From its free online courses to its free speech digest and primus, from training leaders at their Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., to helping establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide, Hillsdale is educating Americans to restore our freedom. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. So ladies and gentlemen, what I'm going to do after the bottom of the hour, because there's not enough time now, I'm going to answer 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Rather than admiring her like more and more conservatives are doing, not agreeing with her, but admiring her. She's really tapped into the pulse. No, the media are promoting her. She's a 29-year-old know-nothing. She reminds me of the, the uninformed, sort of philosophical Marxists I went to college with. They were very, very easy to unravel. So we will unravel her. So uh, abandoning capitalism, you think that's a good idea? Upper marginal tax rates of 70%. You think that's a good idea? Eliminating billionaires. You think that's a good idea? Sure, sounds great, doesn't it? How about reparations? So many people have been so severely treated throughout our history. Reparations do too? Should we do all these things? Gee, we never heard of these things before, have we? All right, when we come back, I've had enough of this child congresswoman. I've had enough of her promotion. I've had enough of her socialist Marxist BS. She will not come on my program. She only goes on federal programs. So I will undo her agenda right here when we return. Don't miss it. Have you ever thought about the word education? It means to lead forth. Now, let me tell you about a place that leads forth. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. And they learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, unfortunately, many of our nation's other colleges have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. But as we begin a new year, we can be thankful that none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit Hillsdale. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. First, let me start this way with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all the other budding socialists and Marxists. Let me take five of the wealthiest human beings ever. John D. Rockefeller. Sam Walton. Sam Weyerhaeuser. Bill Gates. Andrew Carnegie. Jeff Bezos. Why are they billionaires? Why are they billionaires? They changed the world. That's why they're billionaires. And I could name a thousand more. Billionaires, multimillionaires. What did John Rockefeller do? 
He invented oil pipelines, whereas natural gas used to be burned off. Oil and natural gas were able to move all over the country and to fuel homes and to make all kinds of things possible, including heating your home during the winter, including later fueling your automobiles, your vehicles. Well, think about what you do with oil and natural gas today. And he helped fuel, if you will, the Industrial Revolution. Sam Walton. Well, you know what Sam Walton did. Walmart. How many people are and have been employed by Walmart? How many people are and have been employed in the oil industry? In every respect. Millions. Sam Weihauser. The biggest timberman. Was a German immigrant into the United States. But cheap paper and toilet paper. You could thank him. He became a multi-billionaire. Bill Gates. Revolutionized computers. With Microsoft. Andrew Carnegie. The mass production of steel. Look around you. Look around you, particularly in the metropolitan areas. If you reject capitalism. And Jeff Bezos revolutionized in so many ways how we purchase things. They're not just multi-billionaires. They're billionaires over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. When they look at Andrew Carnegie's wealth, based on current dollars today, it would be $309 billion. John Rockefeller, $336 billion. And people hate them for it. I'm just naming a few. Bill Gates, $136 billion. Bezos is up there too. Similar amount of money. But the railroads, automobiles, Ford and others who followed. They created so many jobs and created a quality of life like no other place on the face of the earth. Other countries began to copy us. I give the example over and over again about going into a supermarket. Go into a supermarket. People of all faiths, colors, heights, sexual preference, doesn't matter, cares. And people of all income levels go into a supermarket. What do you see? Everything. Things that kings and queens of old could not even have imagined. We live better than kings of queens of old with air conditioning, with heating, with running water, with electricity, lights, energy, mobility with automobiles, washers and dryers and dishwashers. We even have toasters for our bread, refrigerators and freezers. This is all a result of capitalism, people becoming enormously rich by providing us with what we need 
and want. They're not politicians. Hardworking Americans. They created these things. Look around you. Look at your home. The government didn't create that. Look at your television. The government didn't create that. Look at your computer. The government didn't create that. Look at your shoes. The government didn't create that. Your shirt, your pants, your belt, your dress. The government didn't create that. Your overcoat. The government didn't create that. The gloves you have. The government didn't create that. The silverware, so-called, in your home. Government didn't create that. All the appliances in your home. The government didn't create that. The roof over your head. The government didn't create that. The automobile you get into. The government didn't create that. The steering wheel. The transmission, the engine, all the parts. The government didn't create that. The tires, the government didn't create that either. Pull out your wallet. The government didn't create that. Your credit card, the government didn't create that either. Look around you. It's called liberty. It's called market capitalism. Look around you. The government didn't create any of it. It can't create any of it. Who's going to do it? Somebody at the Department of Agriculture? At the Department of Interior? At the Environmental Protection Agency? Who the hell in the government's going to do any of this? Nobody. So they want to take 70% from the billionaires. Let's say they took 70% from John Rockefeller in the day. Or Sam Walton in the day. Or Sam Weyerhaeuser in the day. Or even Bill Gates today. Or Andrew Carnegie in the day. Or Jeff Bezos today. What do you think would happen? Think we'd create more wealth for more people? More jobs in this country? Are you kidding me? Look at them on Capitol Hill. Look at these fools who come on TV. The hell do they know how to do? They can't even pass a budget. They can't even balance our budget. They can't even secure the wall. Social Security's gone bankrupt. Medicare's gone bankrupt. And a 29-year-old says, I have the solution. And she spews, illiterately, Marxism. And everybody's blown away. Conservatives say, pay attention to her. She knows what she's doing, just like Donald Trump. She's nothing like Donald Trump. Donald Trump created tens of thousands of jobs. She's created nothing. Not one damn job. But... She knows how to reorganize society. She's decided who will pay what. Look at your medicine cabinet. You have things in your medicine cabinet that they don't have anywhere else in the world. You can get your prescription brought to your home. You can even get it daily broken down into what you need. You can get your prescription filled at a grocery store or a regular pharmacy. You can get it filled at a, a Walmart, a Costco. Look what's available to you. You complain about the cost? There are people around the world that would pay anything, anything, for drugs that improve their lives, for insulin, for beta blockers, you name it. The vast majority of the world doesn't have access to these things. Some people argue over, as I say, well, some people argue, let's say, over vaccines. I'm not one of them, by the way, but some do. Well, the vast majority of the people in the world don't have access to vaccines. There's nothing to argue over. Nothing. 
We have a partial government shutdown where a percentage of the 25% of the government wasn't funded as shutdown. I look at this. I say to myself, are they not familiar with the Depression? Are they not familiar with the Depression? What the Federal Reserve did to the dollar, which drove a recession into a depression. Government did that. And I hear people complaining. I don't know anybody who hasn't been unemployed or any small businessman who hasn't had a period of time or woman where they don't have the sales that they need to cover some costs. My parents went through that. I went through it many decades ago. And nobody ever said, but you know what? In a couple months, if you come back, a couple weeks, if you come back, we'll make it all up to you. You'll get all your money back. Nobody gave me my money back. I went through my pension. I went through all of our savings. I had to borrow money because I was going to get through it with the family come hell or high water. And I'm certainly not alone. This is the experience of most Americans. But we're supposed to hate successful people, you see, because that's the only way socialism slash Marxism slash progressivism works. You have to destroy successful people because they're an example that the society works. These men that I've named are not billionaires because they stole from somebody. They're billionaires because they made a difference to you and your life. A huge difference. How about the money men, as we like to call them? You know, the Andrew Mellons of the world. Andrew Mellons of the world? They're financers. But for Andrew Mellon, you wouldn't have electricity in your home. You wear that? General Electric used to be called Edison Electric. Thomas Edison invented a form of electricity production. Tesla invented another form. Tesla's form was better. You're using it today. You've heard of Westinghouse. Well, Westinghouse was another big businessman. And he owned Tesla's patents. Well, Mellon who didn't produce anything, was an investor. Well, he secured those patents in his own way from Westinghouse, who really didn't want to give them up. And, using Niagara Falls, among other places, crudely, but initially, created the process for the use of electricity on a massive scale. He became enormously rich. Tesla was relatively poor. And Westinghouse lost the patents. You have electricity thanks to what would be a multi-multi-billionaire today. You see, billionaires selling to billionaires, it doesn't make a lot of money. They need the consumer. They need the American people. Same with pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical companies. They can spend 15 to 20 years and billions of dollars pursuing all kinds of drugs, trying to develop them, 
to address all kinds of horrific diseases. Alzheimer's, various forms of cancer and so forth. And most of the time they come up empty. So they have to spread the costs around, the R&D around, to the other prescriptions. That's what they do. We complain about that. We want the government to get involved. Well, who in the government do we want to get involved? Who should get involved? Somebody at the Department of Energy? Somebody at the Department of Education? I don't understand conservatives. Who want government, 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 and hate government, government, government. What is the government going to do? Well, they're going to stop price gouging. Nobody's gouged more than you by your government. You're gouged by your government. What do you get back 90% of the time? That's what they mean by redistribution of wealth, you know. You pay in and somebody else gets. They make political decisions, not economic decisions. They make political decisions, not decisions that are best for consumers. Look at immigration. They make political decisions, not decisions that are best for the American citizen. Now with this... Very brief, minor course on macroeconomics. When we come back, I want you to listen to the 29-year-old socialist who's being promoted. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Hillsdale.edu. Well, I used up too much time uh, this hour, even though I was very succinct, you asked me, very concise, um, to address Cortez. We can do that in the next hour. I hope you'll stay with me for that. You know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking with you about the cost of prescription drugs. I want to uh, share some more uh, facts with you, and I believe this is very important. Democrats in Congress are targeting price the price of drugs, and government-run health care is top legislative priorities for 2019, and some Republicans are willing to help them. And Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar has already unveiled plans to help the Democrats socialize drugs by importing foreign price controls and restricting Medicare beneficiaries from accessing certain drugs prescribed by their own doctors. But listen carefully to this, please. 
According to the White House's Council of Economic Advisors, the prices for prescription drugs accounting for inflation actually fell almost 3% over the last 12 months. Now, you have to wonder why Secretary Alex Azar is helping the Democrats socialize medicine. When his own administration reports that the market is working, drug prices are actually heading downward. Plus, ladies and gentlemen, if you want cutting-edge drugs to address some of the most horrific diseases that human beings get. We cannot have price controls and government price involvement. It'll be a disaster. Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, they love these sorts of plans. But everyone, every dictator, every socialist, they've all tried them. Socialized medicine gets the same results, scarcity, fewer choices, and worst of all, fewer life-saving breakthroughs. The real cost is in lives and the quality of life. I understand. I do. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez believes she can run the prescription uh, industry, prescription drug industry. Does anybody know this guy who runs HHS? Of course not. Of course not. Government's too big. Government's out of control. Government regulates. But one thing government does not do is invent, create, produce. That's what the private sector is for. And no place more important than when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Check them out, truehealthfacts.com. Now stick with me for the next hour. We're going to play some of the 29-year-old. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Please don't forget... Two hours, Sean Hannity's TV show on Fox. I will be on at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. I hope you'll watch. I haven't been on the program in quite some time. The reason's multifold, but among other things, I'm working on my book, so it's uh, difficult to to handle all these things at once. But I hope you'll watch because I'm fired up. If he brings up Ocasio-Cortez, this is what I'm going to get into. I mean, in a very truncated form, obviously, given the format. We get into the media. I'm going to hammer that. So I think you're going to enjoy it very, very much, as I hope you do this radio program. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York City yesterday. She's being interviewed by Tanahisi Coates. He's written a book that was a massive bestseller where he sees racism everywhere, Mr. Producer. White privilege everywhere. And so he interviews her. So I say she will not come on my program. But let's listen. Cut six. This is from yesterday. Go. When we talk about this conversation on, on marginal tax rates, it's, it's an economic question, but it's also a moral question. Mm. It's a, it is the policy translation of a proposed answer to what kind of society do we want to live in? Mm-hmm. Are we comfortable with a society where someone can 
have a personal helipad mm -hmm. while this city is experiencing the highest rates of people experiencing homelessness. And All right, stop. See, this is the problem. Somebody can have a helipad and then we're experiencing homelessness. Now, if somebody doesn't have a helipad, will that reduce the homelessness rate? If somebody does have a helipad, will that increase the homelessness rate? There's no connection whatsoever. If you have $50,000 and the person down the street doesn't, if your $50,000 is taken from you, how does that help the person down the street? Or even if it's not taken from you, if you lose it, bad investment, how does that help the person down the street? A homelessness rate and somebody has a helipad. Now, we can get into the weeds a little bit here. Maybe we should. That means the person has a helicopter. She's taking a shot at Bloomberg, who she knows is going to run. I don't care for the man, but that's beside the point. He's got a helicopter. Maybe it's 20 of them. Why do I care? Does she know how a helicopter comes into existence, that it has to be manufactured? Does she know who manufactures helicopters? Hardworking, blue-collar, middle-class Americans? Does she know who the mechanics are on helicopters? Hardworking, blue-collar, middle-class Americans? These things create jobs. Redistribution of wealth does not create a job. It may create a temporary job, but it doesn't create permanent jobs. It's the government stepping in and deciding what happens. And wherever that happens, you have inefficiencies, you have, uh, you have poverty, and you have a, a building police state. And nobody ever asked this question. Where in the Constitution does the government have the power to do these things? Nowhere. That's how far we've dropped, we've fallen from constitutional republicanism. I mean, the revolution, really what triggered the revolution, there were, there were a number of things built up and so forth, but it was the Stamp Act more than anything else in 1775. A tax on paper, which meant newspapers, which meant on any piece of paper and all and pamphlets and so forth. The Stamp Act. What do you think the revolutionaries, 1774, 5, 6, and so forth, what do you think they would say about this? Absolute monarchy, tyranny, just in a different form. Jefferson used to talk about tyranny, and one of the things he would say, among others, is you can have legislative tyranny. That is tyranny by a legislature. doesn't have to be a king doesn't have to be a group of people, can be an elected legislature. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, we're not a small-d democracy. We're not a populist nation. We're a republic. We're constitutionalists. People read these polls on TV, particularly of the left, and they say, see, there's a majority of Americans who, don't, who believe that the 70% tax rate should be applied to this. Plot. That's not the test. They're private property rights. Somebody has a helipad, and we are experiencing homelessness as bad as since the Great Depression. Well, of course she's a liar, 
And one of the ways you reduce it, by the way, is securing your border so the poorest of the poor aren't pouring into your country and moving into our cities. But they don't want to hear that. They don't want to. The population is changing. There's millions and millions of foreigners here who are here illegally, who are in the quote-unquote shadows. And so it's a heavy economic drag on a city, on a community, on a state. But you're not allowed to talk about that. So that person who has a helipad and a helicopter, they're not taking anything from anybody. In fact, they're creating jobs. And that person who has a helicopter may be an individual who employs 5, 10, 20,000 people, all of whom have families, all of whom are fed, all of whom pay taxes. So what's wrong with that? Go ahead. Should those two things coexist at the same time? Should those two things coexist at the same time? This is a police state fascistic mentality. And that's where they have to go, the democratic socialists, when they reveal themselves. She's not a particularly articulate democratic socialist. And so she says, should those two things coexist at the same time? In other words, ladies and gentlemen, should successful people and unsuccessful people coexist at the same time? This is like Castro-like speak. And I want to remind you, when Castro was 29... 29, just like she is, he took over Cuba and made it a disaster. And incidentally, I've never seen a dictator like Castro who's poor. Have you? They talk about communism and socialism and, oh, look at the heliport and this and that and the other. None of them are poor. Maduro's worth billions. Chavez before him was worth billions. The Castros are worth billions. This guy, Xi in China, anything and everything he wants, he's worth billions. Any form of of, uh, autocracy, they can call it communism or whatever. And the reason why communism, more than even fascism, certainly in the last uh, half century or so, has more appeal. Because the communists, Marx figured out that you take authority, you centralize government, You create a police state, although they wouldn't admit it, while claiming to do so on behalf of the people. And you create enemies, like the guy with the helipad. He's an enemy. Well, what if that guy with the helipad was a billionaire who started out in his garage, a scientist who created a life-saving drug or something you must want, or he wouldn't be a billionaire. She wouldn't be a billionaire. What's wrong with that? Go ahead. I think a 70% marginal tax rate, especially when we're starting to talk about your 10 millionth dollar, your 10 millionth and one dollar, all of those... Your 10 millionth dollar. Well, what if I need 20 million dollars to start a business? What if I need that extra bunch of dollars after my 10 millionth dollar to pay my employees? Or... What if I invented something and I want to keep my, my money because I want to invent other things? What's this magic number? It's like the $15 minimum wage. Where does that come from? Well, it just comes from leftists and they keep demanding it. They have their catchphrases, their fortune cookies. They, they have their... The 10 millionth dollar, we're just taxing 70% tax rate and where's the money go? 
It goes into the massive federal Leviathan slush fund. And where's the constitutional basis for that? Well, there's a progressive income tax. Well, there's also private property rights. Now, also, unintended consequences, unless you actually know what you're talking about, how many people who earn over $10 million, doesn't mean they get to keep it, but earn over $10 million, have small businesses or entrepreneurs or whatever, doesn't matter, say, you know what? I'm giving up. I'm not paying 70 cents out of every dollar after $10 million. Screw it. I'm not hiring any more people. I'm not expanding my business. I'm closing it down. I'm retiring to Florida. Well, that had happened, you know. Some people are working hard. They're working hard because they want to make money. They want to expand their business. They say, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. I'm done. We have a poll now, thanks to the media. 74% of Democrats and people who lean Democrat would consider voting for Ocasio-Cortez if she were old enough to be president. That is 35. She's 29. This is a media creation. Now let's go on to cut seven, Mr. Producer. Go. I, I, I hate to personalize this, but do you think it is moral for individuals to, for instance, do we live in a moral world that allows for billionaires? Is that a moral outcome? Now let's stop. So now you see the socialist communist position, a.k.a. the progressive position, is the moral one. And if you don't embrace it, you're immoral. So if you believe in capitalism, wealth creation, which leads to job creation and so forth, it does every time. Well, Mark, what about people inherit money? What do you think they do with that money? Burn it? Put it in their mattress? Let's say they leave it in bonds and stocks or they put it in a bank account. What happens to that money? Anybody know? Other people use it. Maybe they borrow the money. Maybe other companies use it to expand. It doesn't just sit there. Money is like water. It doesn't just sit there. It's put to some use. Unless you stick it in your closet or something like that. Money creates money. Doesn't mean for every person, but it means for the economy generally. So now the question is, ladies and gentlemen, is it moral to be a capitalist? Is it moral to be successful? Is it moral to create wealth for yourself and other people? Is it moral to be a, an incredibly successful entrepreneur? Is it moral? You see, because after all, those of you who don't agree with them, you're racists, you're homophobes, and you're immoral. Go ahead. It's not. Um, it's not. And it's not. And I think it's, it's important to say that I, I, I don't think it's ne- it, that necessarily means that all billionaires are immoral. Well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Immorality has nothing to do with earning money saving money, so forth. And immorality has to do with doing something, to use a word to define a word, immoral. These people who don't want the Ten Commandments anywhere are now telling us that their ideology is morality, and if you don't embrace it, you're immoral. Go ahead. To say that someone like Bill Gates, for example, or Warren Buffett are, are immoral people. I do not believe that. But I believe... Well, he kicks his dog. Right, like yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that, but I do think a system that allows billionaires to exist mm. when 
there are parts of Alabama where, where people are still getting ringworm because they don't have access to public health mm-hmm. is wrong. Oh, I see. Now, ladies and gentlemen, is anybody stopping the government from borrowing money? Is anybody stopping the government from spending money? The tax rates don't even equate with government spending. We're running a tri- nearly a trillion dollar a year deficit. Adding to a $22 trillion fiscal operating debt. Adding to a $250 trillion unfunded liability problem. Is there a spending problem? Is there a borrowing problem? Am I missing something? So if we eliminate all billionaires, we eliminate all their wealth, that doesn't mean the person with ringworm in Alabama, a little stereotypical, don't you think, won't have ringworm in Alabama. They may still have ringworm in Alabama. Or Queens. Or Brooklyn. Or the Bronx. Or Manhattan. Or Long Island. Or Staten Island. Or anywhere. One has nothing to do with the other. Indeed, the billionaires who created Walmart make it possible for somebody to go into Walmart where they can get right off the shelf a cure for ringworm at a very low price. Or to go on Amazon, another billionaire, and have it delivered to their home. Or they can get in their car, invented by other billionaires, and drive to a public health facility to address their ringworm problem. All kinds of billionaires have created all kinds of stuff. There's somebody, by the way, in this country with a ringworm problem that can't get help by walking into an emergency room. And every single pharmaceutical company has a special program for poor people, every one of them, where they can get free medicine if they can demonstrate that, in fact, they're as poor as they say they are. So... They create this picture of this super wealthy society and this destitute society. And the answer, of course, is to destroy success, destroy private property rights, destroy capitalism, just more government. That's the answer. Tell me, in the bluest of blue states, do people have ringworm? I guess they do. They have a big homeless problem in New York City, and you're paying taxes through the wazoo. I'll be right back. Mark Lobin. different subjects tonight. I rarely do. I want to continue with this discussion. We only have about a minute left in this segment with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I think it's very important to confront this, this growing poison of collectivism and centralism that is being promoted as some kind of panacea. And uh, of course, they always uh, create the jealousy and hate that goes along with, that guy has a helipad. What do I care if a guy has a helipad? But how does that affect me? It doesn't affect me in the least. It doesn't affect the person with ringworm or homeless. It has nothing to do with anything. It's not like they've gone to somebody's house and stolen all their jewelry and, and valuables and all the cash out of their bank account. 
And as a result, he is a helipad and the other guy is homeless. That's not what took place. And yet that's the image they conjure up. How does this guy have this and the other guy has that? How about the guy with the helipad? Maybe he created... Who is it? Who is the guy with the helipad? How did he get the helipad? What did he do to become so successful? You know, when I was a kid, that used to be the question. What did these guys and gals do to be so successful so you can be successful too? Instead of government this, redistribution that, 70% marginal tax rate. It's crazy. More when I return. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. I'm debating Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, but she doesn't show up. So I have an empty dress, an empty chair. Essentially. Right? Um, I would love her to come on my Fox show so we could have a discussion, but she won't. They don't even answer us. I would love Bernie Sanders. Now, these Democratic Socialists, they're very... Um, limited in the kind of media exposure that they want. They want slobbering reporters, slobbering interviewers. Now, I just have some questions to ask and some points to pose. But I'll be damned, they won't do it. Imagine that. You know what's not smart? Job boards that send you a mile-high stack of resumes to sort through. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to hire the right people. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States. And this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, you, my listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. you got to use this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. And I know you're going to love this service. It is the best of the best. It does all the work for you, and it's fast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. It's the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York City yesterday. 
She is a media creation. She's a manufactured leader. And they treat her like veal, Mr. Producer. Now, what do I mean by that? They will not allow her to get in the same room, sit in a chair, and face off against the likes of me. Against the likes of me. Cut eight, go. Hello? The part of it that is generational is that millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. All right, stop right there. Now, the world is not going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. How many doofuses have told us that by now the world was going to end? So, folks, hurry up. Abandon capitalism. Hurry up. Accept 70% marginal top rates. Hurry up. Accept big centralized government. Hurry up. Abandon your own home. Abandon everything you have. Abandon your ideas. Abandon the founding. Abandon. Hurry up. We're gonna, we're, we're, the world's going to end in 12 years. This is an idiot. An absolute certifiable moron. If we don't address climate change, it's going to end in 12 years. Well, tell me, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and everybody's not calling her AOC. Isn't that clever? Like, you know, RG3. Well, that didn't work out. AOC, AOC. Hey, you know what? I like that, Mr. Producer. AOC, AOC. For now on, it's AOC. Because AOC, you see, ladies and gentlemen, in addition to being a democratic socialist, in addition to never working even a cash register anywhere, ever hiring even a part-time employee, AOC is now an expert on climate change. How do I know this? Because Chuck Todd's now an expert on climate change. He doesn't have any experience, any background, any education in this area, but he has dictated that that's that. Despite all the scientists who say, no, it's not. Yes, he is. Yes, it is. And so AOC has decided that climate change will destroy the earth in 12 years. Now, I have a sad point to make to her. The climate always changes. So I guess we're going to end in 12 years. Whether man exists or not, the climate changes. No, no, you don't understand. It's man-made climate change. Man-made Now, even if that were the case, which it's not, what are we going to do with China and India and all the other countries, which actually creates far more CO2? What are we going to do about them? I mean, they're they're not going to listen to you, even if some morons in our country, particularly in the media, listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. Anyway... This is our biggest issue. Go ahead. Is your, your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And, like, this is the war. This is our World War II. Mm-hmm. And This it, is World War II? You mean with Nazi Germany? Is it like World War II? Or when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor by Imperial Japan? This is, this is like World War II, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure all you 
World War II vets, and we're very proud of you, and there aren't enough of you left, quite frankly. I'm sure you find this very persuasive. This is like World War II. You know, it's like the Battle of the Bulge, the Battle of Iwo Jima, Guam, Guadalcanal. Oh, yeah, North Africa, Italy. It's like World War II, ladies and gentlemen. This sanctimonious, spoiled brat. Climate change is our World War II. And she is celebrated. It is appalling to me. Go ahead. I think for younger people, we're looking at this and we're like, how? how And and she does not represent all younger people. Last time I checked, she was elected in a heavily Democrat Latino district in New York City. Is that correct, Mr. Producer? So how does she represent all younger people? When did that happen? Are all younger people as uh, nitwitted as she is? No. I know a lot of younger people who aren't. Many of them serve in the military. But now she speaks for all younger people. She's an expert on climate change and economic matters and tax matters generally. 29 years old. I don't hold that against her. No experience in anything at any time for anything, but knows how to do everything. That's all it takes to be a leftist. Imagine if I were a leftist. I could run for president and win. Couldn't I, Mr. Producer? Just spew all the stupid sayings. Go ahead. Let's take it easy. When 3,000 Americans died last year, how are we saying let's take it easy? 3,000 Americans died from what last year? Climate change? Who came up with that bogus statistic? What the hell does that mean? Go ahead. person has just uh, died from, from our cruel and unjust criminal justice system. What? How do you swing from climate change to our cruel and unjust criminal justice system? I would like to ask her, who exactly are you talking about? Which judge, which jury, which prosecutor, which defense counsel? Which defendant? Who are you talking about? It must be systemic. So you must have a thousand. No, 10,000 examples. Nitwit. I got to stop this or I'll never get her on the show. I don't think I ever will anyway. Bernie Sanders won't come on. No. One more. Hang tough, folks. Cut nine. Go. And when we tell the stories of the mistakes we have made in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, Economically speaking, when we talk about the issue of, say, reparations, mm-hmm. people think, you know, people people think about rep- reparations as reparations for slavery. Mm-hmm. But really, economically speaking, reparations are for the damage done by the New Deal and redlining. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, we need reparations for the New Deal and redlining. All of you folks involved in the New Deal and redlining, because in addition to a 70% top marginal rate, and don't kid yourselves, every dollar after $10 million, what do you think is going to happen to every dollar under $10 million with all these proposals? The vast majority of the money in this country is with what we call, using Marxist phrases, because that's the way we work now, the middle class. That's where most of the wealth is. Spread among tens of millions of Americans and American families. None of this stuff works without punishing you. Look at Castro. Look at Maduro. Look over at Xi in China. They have to go after the vast wealth, which is held by, in our country, the vast majority of the people, despite all the left-wing kook propaganda. So all the billionaires combined, 
do not have as much money as all of us. They just don't. And so if they really need money, they're going to come for you. They're going to come for property rights. All these things, they break down after a while. Listen to the debate today about the government employees, the government. You've never, I started this discussion about two weeks ago, didn't I, Mr. Bedus, where I said nobody ever talks about the private sector. Nobody ever talks about the people out of work in the private sector. We went on about it at some length. You don't hear them crying over, over plumbers and carpenters and, uh, and uh, electricians and taxi drivers, anybody else who loses their job, assembly line workers, you name it. No, 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 no. Government workers. Because they're the army that the Democratic Party has created. Remember, we discussed this at some length. And so here, where do you think they're going to get the reparations from? Reparations is another word for redistribution of wealth. Sorry, nobody deserves reparations. Nobody. Nobody. How far back are we going to go? The Jews who were held as slaves in Egypt? How far are we going to do? How, how much of this are we going to do? We are a free society now, ladies and gentlemen. A free society. Just think about what she's saying. Reparations. Not even related to slavery, which was, I must say, some time ago. But for the New Deal and redlining. Marginal tax rates through the roof. Redistribution of wealth. Eliminate billionaires. She's got quite an agenda. Don't we already have a Castro running, Mr. Producer? Julian Castro, right? Sounds like we have a lot of Castros running. Go ahead. Because that is where we saw a a compounding. People are clapping. They don't even know what the hell she's talking about. Reparations for the New Deal. What are they talking about? Go ahead of the existing inequity from the legacy of slavery where we drew red lines around black communities and we said white communities will get home loans and they'll get access to the basic... You know, for more than half a century, we've had laws in place that make that a crime. A crime. We have an EEOC, we have a civil rights division virtually in every department of the government, but particularly the United States Department of Justice. We have civil rights divisions in every single of the 93 U.S. attorney's offices. Every state has civil rights prosecutors. Uh, We have uh, an FTC, a Federal Trade Commission. We have similar commissions at the state level. If you're aware of redlining and you report it, people are going to be punished over it. So this is BS, too. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Of, of wealth in America. She just, she's just puking up all of the red meat for the left. She's just puking it up, all the red meat for the left. She's memorized these talking points. As she swings from one issue to the next to the next, comes right out of their little red handbook. Go ahead. This is the thing that you will be able, this will be your heirloom. And we gave white America an heirloom that appreciated over time. Nobody gave white America anything. I'm sick of this group talk. White Americans are diverse, diverse backgrounds from all over the world that your ancestors, different religions, different interests, 
individual human beings. All white people aren't the same any more than all any other people are the same. Nobody didn't give white people anything. And you all know it. My ancestors came here from Russia to escape pogroms where the Jews were being brutalized in Russia. They had Zippo. Nobody gave them anything. And they were thrilled to be here because of liberty. They didn't have two nickels to rub together. And they didn't expect anyone to give it to them. They broke their backs. And quite frankly, just like my parents broke their backs and worked hard. Not for the government. No guaranteed anything. They didn't claim to be any kind of a class of citizen that deserved anything. They love this country. Because of the country's principles and the opportunities that free people have in this country. White people. We're not white people. We're individual people. We're Americans. In what's supposed to be a colorblind society. And I'm sick of it. Mark Lovin. All right, now that Congress, particularly the House, actually, is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our freedom, yours and mine. But too many representatives don't understand how to preserve liberty. And, of course, some, especially so-called progressives, actually seek to diminish it. I'm not expecting these progressives to learn these things, but I am expecting us to learn them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why, for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely for free, to equip you to know what we should expect of our Congress. And Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time, Just sign up right now for this critical course. It's needed now more than ever. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work. Why it doesn't anymore? At levinforhillsdale.com. Now, Congress doesn't work. The bureaucracy doesn't work. But we should hand our liberty and our prosperity over to Congress and the bureaucracy. You know, one of the ways you deal with the abstractions and theories of the hard left and take from this and give to that is with reality. Most people who've had dealings with government haven't had much of a good experience, whether it's the DMV, whether it's some zoning board, your HOA, whether it's your school board, whether it is some state office, certainly some federal office. You know, they're not exactly customer friendly, are they? And we don't even know who most of these people are. And we're supposed to hand our health care decisions over to them. We're supposed to massively redistribute wealth, which means power, power. From individuals all over the country to relative few individuals in Washington, D.C. Honest to God, isn't Washington 
in her surrounding suburbs wealthy enough, powerful enough? Isn't the eastern seaboard and part of the western seaboard, don't they have enough control over the rest of the country? Why would we surrender more and more of our liberty, more and more of our labor to people we don't know, and many of whom have different values than we do? We shouldn't. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our final hour of the radio show. Don't forget that I will be on Hannity TV on the Fox News Channel. I will be appearing at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. I hope you'll join me. I mean, what else is there to do? Seriously. There's no football right now where the referee screwed up. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Um, another reminder. All of you listening, I want you to download the link to my podcast. It doesn't mean you have to actually use it, but at some point you may want to. Maybe you miss an hour here or there. Maybe the show is taped delayed or preempted, whatever. But it's always good to have. It's very easy to do. We've set up a page for you. We've made it easy for you to subscribe for free. There's no cost whatsoever. You just download the Mark Levin Show podcast on all your favorite platforms. You can use iTunes. This is just an example. You can use Google Music, or any other podcast reader. Now, to find out how to do this, go to marklevinshow.com, marklevinshow.com, search for the keyword podcast in the upper right corner of the page. The keyword podcast in the upper right corner of the page. And you can always listen to the podcast on the Mark Levin Show app. Remember, no fee, it's free. No fee, it's free. So one more time, uh, go to our page on marklevinshow.com. Uh, you can download the, the Mark Levin podcast for free. That doesn't mean you have to listen to that one podcast. It means you can listen to any podcast, past or in the future, on all your favorite platforms. Again, you can use iTunes, Google Music, any of the other podcast readers. marklevinshow.com. Search, use the search and the keyword podcast in the upper right corner of the page. 
All right? So you can listen to any show now or in the future, anytime you wish. You're your own general manager. You're your own program director. You're in charge of everything. That's what's great about new technology, too. Now, Covington students, you've been hearing a lot about this all day long. All day long. But there are certain media outlets who will not let up. They want to continue to push a lie, a narrative, which is utterly and completely dishonest. That these white Catholic kids from Kentucky, wearing MAGA hats, who were standing at the Lincoln Memorial, waiting for their buses to take them home after the March for Life, that they're a bunch of racists and bigots, that they were looking to... uh, to violently confront um, American Indians, older gentlemen, a handful of them. Before that, they were looking to violently confront a handful of African Americans. None of that was true. None of it. But they're not done. As reported in the Washington Examiner by Beckett Adams, certain newsrooms are in bargaining mode over the Covington Catholic fiasco, The narrative alleging that an elderly Native American man was harassed this weekend by a group of racist white high school students at the March for Life has fallen apart, leaving some news organizations scrounging for whatever they can to justify inciting an online riot to form against a group of Kentucky teenagers. These are kids. The American Indians were adults. The, what do they call themselves, black Hebrew Israelites? Adults, these are 15, 14, 16-year-old kids who probably never confronted anything like this. So then we have the New York Daily News, which is a rag, has been a rag for a long time. The New York Daily News, and by the way, I would just correct Beckett Adams slightly here. He, he has all the, the points here that they were white, they were Catholic, they were there for the March for Life, but they also were pro-Trump, and of course that really triggers the media. The New York Daily News has, for example, published a story this week accusing Covington Catholic students of donning blackface for a high school sporting event. Blackface. The Daily News seems to have misidentified the year of the photo, which likely comes from 2012. The photo depicts several white students, some in blackface, shouting at an opposing black player, the report said, While the photo's origins couldn't be verified, the official Covington Catholic High School YouTube account published a video last January boasting its basketball school spirit and several clips, including one from 2012, showcase attendees chanting in blackface, a mockery of the opposing players, writes the Daily News. The video was removed Monday from the Kentucky school's YouTube page. By the way, this Kentucky school is not comported itself with any high standard or principle whatsoever. It has cowered and buckled out of every whisper. The full-body black paint worn by the students in the school's official video closely resembles that of the students in the photo being circulated on social media. The Daily News report continues, going full Zabruder. One student from the photo, not in blackface, is sporting a logo that also mirrors the Covington emblem. 
It added in reference to the most visible team from the March for Life video from this weekend. This won't help Kentucky student Nick Sandman's case. That's the kid who the left-wing activist, American Indian, was confronting and banging his drum in the kid's ear. Okay, a few things here, says Adams. First, to suggest that the students were doing some sort of minstrel show in mockery of an opposing team seems like a stretch, put it mildly. As many others have noted, the Covington photos clearly depict a blackout game where attendees are encouraged to dress completely in a single color in support of their team. The photo shows everyone clad in black. It also shows that some students had painted their entire bodies, not just their faces, in black. Either these kids went all out to promote the designated color for the specific game, or they publicly targeted an opposing team with extremely racist antics. Could be that the Covington teens in this photo engaged in extremely racist behavior, but let's maybe wait until someone can confirm that that's exactly what happened before we accuse them of worse. Well, now we know that's exactly not what happened. It was a blackout day, as they call it. They also have whiteout days, too, by the way. Secondly, what does the New York Daily News mean by this won't help Kentucky student Nick Sandman's case? There is no case. Sandman maintains that he did not harass or abuse an elderly Native American in the nation's capital, and the video bears him out. How does a photo from 2012 dispute his claim? Sandman was in elementary school at the time that the Covington basketball photo was taken. Is the Daily News suggesting That because some students may have behaved badly in the past, and they didn't. It was a blackout day. Anyway, then Sandman probably behaved badly too. That's some solid reasoning. Lastly, let's recognize the Daily News report for what it is. A newsroom is looking for something, something after the fact, to justify its earlier rush to paint the Covington teens as monsters. The narrative alleging that Covington students bullied a Native American protester was based on a single incomplete video it turned out almost immediately to be bogus but rather than admit error some are making the not so subtle attempt to prove that covington is a bad school and therefore the maga hat wearing teens from this weekend are also bad people and therefore it's okay to gang up on them and bully them and by the way some of these left-wing nuts on the internet tracked down their addresses put them out told people to go to their homes told people to uh to contact the employers or their parents. Some even suggested that these kids be harmed and even killed. Stand-up comedian Jeremy McClellan explains the motivation behind the Daily News' lousy follow-up reporting best. We have now reached the bargaining phase, the five stages of grief that you shared in an Internet hoax which is when you pivot the smaller allegations in an attempt to justify the original mob. The smartest ones drop truth altogether and pivot to the larger context, he writes. What every single one of these bargains has in common is it pivots the discussion away from the original false allegation that sparked the Internet mob. Please, let's agree they are bad. But if it's not about the original claim, then it's bargaining. He adds... Psychologically, it makes you feel better about having unjustly attacked someone. Well, if he was bad anyway, or he did something else that was bad, or was simply from a bad group, what's the harm, right? 
Most people think this way. It feels good. Meanwhile, our souls rot. And the reason why you're furious is because this was an absolute lie. It involved these young teenagers. We know why they were targeted. And the media was very excited about it and participated in the propaganda. And what it did is expose the hatred the media has on so many levels for you and me and kids like this. Objective my you-know-what. And this followed on the heels of the phony BuzzFeed story, where the media will take anything, use anything, to try and destroy our president and his family just as they would use anything to try and destroy a Supreme Court nominee, Kavanaugh. A man who's lived a stellar life. A man who is religious, also Catholic. Seems like the Democrats and the media really have it out for the Catholics and the Jews, doesn't it? Anti-Semitism is growing. The attacks on Catholics is growing. You know who used to do that? Still does. The clan. Mark Lovin. I hope you'll join me tonight on uh, Hannity's show at 9.30. You know, I, uh, I race from the bunker to go to the Ronald Reagan TV studio. To do the program. So uh, I hope you'll catch it. 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Rob, Dallas, Texas. The great WBAP. Go. Hello. Yes, yes. How may I help hey, you? Hey, Mark. Hey, man. Yes. It's really great to talk to you. I got through on the first call. Thank you. I've been listening to you for years. I love you. Thank you. Hey. Um, Maybe one of these days I'll come to Dallas-Fort Worth. I love man. it there. I'd be the first one to come. <laughs> where 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 should we all meet? Plano, maybe somewhere. I don't know. Oh yeah, sounds good. The Gaylord's a nice a nice meeting place. That's true too. Go right ahead. Hey, I was listening to your first hour, and I called you called you here. Um, that this really gets me fired up here, and uh, you'll like this. My dad calls her occasional cortex. Um, oh, she's <laughs> she's talking about. Uh, the immorality of billionaires and all this stuff. And I, I've, I've traveled. Yeah, I've been to a lot of different countries. I've worked in several different countries. And the thing I notice uh, most that makes our country so great is our nonprofit system, the 501c3. And I wonder if her or, or any of her followers realize just how much money these billionaires have to give back, uh, you know, to avoid a tax burden and how much that would damage you know, the people that they claim as their constituents. Well, she doesn't criticize Stiers, who's a multi-billionaire and keeps pushing for Trump's impeachment. She doesn't criticize Soros, who constantly funds efforts to undermine every free nation. The truth is there are more liberal Democrat billionaires than there are conservative Republican billionaires. Even look at the Koch brothers. Together they're worth, what, $50, $60 billion? They're radical libertarians. They support open borders. They support these prison breaks. Uh, They support a weak defense. It's one of the reasons you don't see them strongly supporting conservatives. 
So uh, we have our own problems. And what's interesting is a lot of these billionaires, they just figure, Rob, that they'll be around. Nobody will bother them, you know, just like in Venezuela or anywhere else. Somehow they manage to survive if they kiss up with the left. And they've never been to those places. I have. I went to Cuba. I've been to Venezuela. They they don't know. I worked in Yugoslavia for several years. They're just just young and dumb. Mm -hmm. And yet she's a media fabrication. She's a media creation, and she's out there, and it's every single night. Every single night. Dumb as a doorknob. All right, Rob, thank you for your call, my friend. Let us go to Josh. Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS TKS country. How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. So I'm in my 30s. I'm in finance and banking, so I just want to let on that all millennials are not like. Or, uh, Apparently, know, she represents here. you. She insists on it. Oh my goodness! You know, it, you know, it brings me back to my middle school, um, you know, class debate when I listen to her because it's just nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from the taxes to the redistribution of wealth. Uh, you know, she might be able to get some climate change help from some of her billionaire Democrat friends. However, she wants to take the billionaire's money away. So, you know, she can't have it all. But no, in the end, they would only take money from people they disagree with. Exactly. You know, and if they do tax that high, it's just going to go right back to the government. It's not going to get redistributed. No. Um, she's effectively trying to take away the American dream. And I can't believe how much media pool she is getting and that you're having to spend your program to explain to people that I'll tell you why I'm doing it because nobody else is, and I, I appreciate it because I, I mean people think she is a, you know the next the next Hillary Clinton. Of course she's not of age, but I mean are you kidding me? Is this what we're talking about for presidential candidates in the future? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they come in different shapes, ages, colors, and so forth. But yes, uh, they all kind of sound alike, don't they? I mean it's uh, you know it's 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 this you know. Um, uh, you know, with our current president, you know, with the new tax cuts, there is some redistribution of wealth. I saw more money. I saw my W-2. Let, let, let me just say this because you hit on a very interesting point. I've said this in the past, but I'm glad you reminded me. Josh, income is redistributed all the time, but it's done the proper way. What do people think capitalism is? What do people think free markets are? What do people think voluntary exchange is? It's redistributing wealth. But it's done on a voluntary basis. It's done on a, a basis of ind- individual decision-making. So we redistribute wealth all the time. What they mean, of course, is through a form of economic police statism. Yeah, and which is, you know, ridiculous. You know, and one of the guys, you know, the billionaire she named, uh, uh, Warren Buffett, if it wasn't for him, my company wouldn't be so prosperous. So, you know, billionaires like these guys out there give us... I, I just want to know... Which department and agency and which bureaucrats are going to be redistributing the wealth and making all these brilliant decisions about about our economy? Who are they? Where are they? Uh, what, what, where is it, what, uh, the Peace Corps going to do this? Or uh, the Department of Energy? I mean, where are all these geniuses? If they were great entrepreneurs, they'd be out here, not in there, wouldn't they? They would. All right, my friend. And by the way, She's never done a damn thing in her life that I can think of. But I'm glad she knows how to control every aspect of our complex society, like all the Marxist socialists. Thank you, Josh. We'll be right back.
making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. You got to love the website, Right Scoop. They're very, very you know, good in many ways, but very generous to this show. And they have posted my early comments in my uh, monologue in the first hour. If you'd like to check them out, you go to rightscoop.com. We will also post them on my social sites in just a bit. Well, here we are, just getting started with the new year and the launch of a brand new Blaze TV. We're bringing the biggest names in conservative commentary all under one roof for the first time ever. We're adding more hosts, more shows, giving you unlimited access to all of it with a single subscription to Blaze TV. We're better. More voices, not fewer. Now, Levin TV is the marquee program over there at Blaze TV. And there are other great shows, too. But we work very hard there. My program is about three days a week on uh, Levin TV, as well as our Fox show. But what's really good about this network you can take it anywhere you want. We've got more platforms than you can imagine to make it convenient for you. We've got all kinds of personalities, all kinds of content, entertainment, substance, seriousness, but we're all conservatives. We all share the same values and principles, even if we disagree on the edges. So I hope you'll take this opportunity to check us out. Those of you who have subscriptions and are coming up, I hope you'll renew. Very important. Those of you who don't have subscriptions, you've heard me talk about this for many, many years. We're bigger and better than ever. And we're the same price we've always been. This is the next step in this new revolution in the media. This is how you get around the BuzzFeeds and the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the Daily News. So I hope you'll join us. The biggest, what I call, town hall meeting of patriotic Americans in the country. All day long and every evening particularly on Levin TV. Here's how you sign up. Go to levintv.com right now. You can sign up or call us at 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Or go to levintv.com, 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, I'm not going to be doing that forever. So now's the time to join, in my humble opinion. Let us go to Roscoe, Charleston, South Carolina on the Mark Levin app. See, he signed up for the Mark Levin app. You can do that, too. How are you, sir? Sir, I'm doing just fine, and it's an honor to speak to you. Thank you. I have a you. question for you. You got it. Question. All right. I hear liberals say that if you support Trump, you're a racist. Well, guess what? Surprise. Hello. Hello. I'm a black conservative. So what would you call me then? A sellout? Yeah. Well, you're good. You know, David Webb, he's a friend of mine. He's a great radio broadcaster, and he's on uh, Sirius XM. And he was on some program, I guess, and an African-American woman accused him of uh, having white privilege. <laughs> Did you say? And, and then he said to her, uh, excuse me, ma'am, I'm a black male. <laughs> And she, like, had to swallow her tongue. I mean, it, they just throw this word around, throw this stuff around, and it's become a very popular technique just to shut people down and make you nervous so you don't respond. I really feel for you. You know, as a conservative Jew, I get some of this, too. But I have to be honest, I don't care. 
Do you care? Yes, I do. And I'll tell you something else. Yes. Two tours in Iraq. Man, oh, man. Retired. I'm driving my rig. I just paid off $40,000 Freightliner. I'm a small businessman. We started off with 600 bucks in my pocket. And I'm doing just fine right now, making good money. So if I can do it, anybody, black, white, but especially African-Americans. So I'm telling just like Candace Owens once said, Turning Point USA, get mm -hmm. off the plantation. I did it. You can, too. You're good, Roscoe. Keep calling, man. We love you. Thank you very, very much. That's the American spirit. We used to talk about the American spirit, individualism, can-do-ism. Success. Now it's, uh, I need the government. Uh, they won't, government shut down. How am I going to feed myself? Uh, uh, on and it's just so ridiculous. Dave, Denver, Colorado, XM Satellite. How are you? Great, Mark. Great to talk to you tonight. Thank you. Hey, uh, I got a daughter going up to see you in the People's Republic of Boulder. And when she was... I'm not in, in Boulder. Middle... Sorry? I'm not in Boulder. No, I have a daughter yeah. who goes to see you in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, see you. I thought you meant S-E-E. -E. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. A little and slow I, on the uptake, I, but yeah. <laughs> it's late, Mark. It's yeah, late. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, I've been uh, talking about you with her since she was in middle school. That's because of you that she is going to go into constitutional law Wonderful. once she graduates from CU. Wonderful. So, you know, I'm, I'm chairman of FU. Did you know this? Say that again. I started an organization called Fatties United. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. And I tell Libs all the time, I'm chairman of FU. Fatties United. <laughs> What's wrong I with need that? To join. I need to join that. All my conservative <laughs> friends should join. Thin, fat, yeah. muscular, athletic, not so, whatever. <laughs> anyway, you're very, very, that's very good that she's uh, solid and that she's going to head into the right area. Solid. Yes. But I'm really, uh, what I'm really calling about is for the last three decades, I've been suggesting to all my whatever uh, middle-of-the-road friends that I wanted a huge crevasse. Between mm -hmm. the liberals and conservatives, and never in my wildest dreams did I did I uh, anticipate that it would be like this. Yep, the stupidity that the crevasse is now at is ridiculous. You know, Dave, uh, it's really time for people sitting on the sidelines to get off their asses and join those of us who speak out for this country. It's it's uh it's embarrassing that we're having to talk about all these uh, slogans that the left are bringing to play and these attacks on wonderful people like Kavanaugh and and you see them in the news where there's there's representatives of our country that are suggesting that they're going to go after Kavanaugh because he perjured himself with absolutely no evidence but one of our lawmakers. It's going to make it his mission to do so. They used to talk about the independence of the court and so forth, but the, the left now is is definitely a radical and in many ways a violent mob. 
and I can see them uh, one day in uh, in ways that I wish I couldn't imagine. But sure, they'll go after Kavanaugh. No more independence of the uh, Supreme Court. Look, they want to advance their agenda come hell or high water. Why do you think all this tumult around Trump, all the tumult around Kavanaugh, all the attacks on uh, anybody who dares to stand in their way? It's going to get worse. It's so intellectually lazy and dishonest. It's embarrassing. Yep. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Let's continue, shall we? Ken, Centerville, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm glad to hear you get worked up about the Covington High School because I was furious all day. It is beyond irresponsible. Never mind that they made up a completely fake story. I heard they shut the high school down this morning because of threats of violence. And I heard that some of the students identified in the video were getting death threats. That's true. This is the height of irresponsibility. So my question, of course. And, and by the way, do the media take any responsibility for this? What's our, we apologize. We were wrong. Here's the full video. Uh, excuse me. The media had become mouthpieces for the most radical extreme elements on the left. And they are violent on the left. Thank you for taking the question right out of my mouth, because that was exactly what I was going to ask. Where what was your question? Well, the question was, if all these death threats start coming in, doesn't it occur to them that some of them might actually be followed up on, in which case they've created a fake story, which leads to someone being killed, and then the responsibility is the news media saying, well, guess I got that one wrong. Mm-hmm. Oops. No, you're quite right. And I don't know the answer, uh, other than... Uh, these media corporations like Times Warner, uh, Time Warner, excuse me, they own uh, NBC and MSNBC, and uh, or is it CNN? No, they own CNN. Comcast owns NBC and MSNBC. Maybe it's time to do what the left does, to put pressure on their corporate uh, uh, parent company and say, hey, look, we want a free press. We're not asking for conservative uh, spokespeople or conservative opinions. We want people who at least attempt to be objective, not this crap that's going on with this mob. That's the truth. And you would think that with with the threat of uh, actual someone being killed, you would think that they might take some sort of action and say, you know what? You just incited hatred out of a fictional story. You're fired. Has that happened? You would think. Has anybody been ha- fired over the BuzzFeed story? No one I'm aware of. No, no one I'm aware of. All right, my friend, I agree with you. We're all very, very frustrated about this. Let us go to Patrick, Gardnerville, Nevada, on the Mark Levin app. Go. How the hell are you, my man? Very well, thank you, sir. I got to tell you, I love you, man. I really thank do. you. You you are the beacon of hope in my life. I I'm a, a committed and died in the wool Levinite, and thank I also you. want to thank I want to thank you for two things. Number one, I got your dad's book and I gave it to my grandkids. Thank you. And and. This this is a plug for I guess <laughs> simple is safe, but I got my simple safe alarm and it's, it 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 just rocks. It's great. I want people to know we've got it in a, on a property too. It's so easy to put in. It's actually fun. You control the whole thing, and it does rock. And by the way, oh, it can protect your whole house. It's not just a doorbell. Anyway, go right ahead. The only thing left to do is get on the the Blaze TV. That's my third. That's my third chime. That I I'll tell you what. I'll give it that to you. I'll tell you what. Don't hang up, Patrick. And, and I want to still talk to Patrick, but don't hang up when we're done. We'll uh, we'll give you 
a one-year subscription. Go right ahead. I, I appreciate that, Mark. But, you know, occasional Cortez, which I'd like to refer to her as, is... That name is catching on, apparently. Yes. <laughs> they call her AOC, so I've been calling her AOC. Whatever anyway. her name is. Yes. She's a 28-year-old bartender with about enough brain to come out of a lightning storm on the ninth green with a nine iron in her hand. I don't think she'd do it. I don't well, think she would. Well, uh, it is amazing to me how the media promote her. See, this is the thing. She wins this election unexpectedly. Now, when the Tea Party had candidates that were winning elections unexpectedly, I don't remember them picking any Tea Party winner out and giving them this kind of coverage. Do you? No, not at all. No. All All right, my friend, don't hang up. I appreciate it. Let us go to Jason, also Nevada, Henderson, the great K-Don, K-D-W-N. Go. Well, Mark, I want to point this out. It's such an obvious hypocrisy that a couple years ago, the teenagers in Baltimore burned the city down, and they got a free pass, and these kids are at uh, D.C. sitting on the steps at the Lincoln Memorial and did nothing. Well, some of them were kids, some of them were adults, but I do get your point. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with teenagers in this country. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. And it is amazing how the media focused on this, grabbed onto this clip. No vetting, no verification. That was enough, just like the BuzzFeed story. And they went after those kids mostly because that hat they wore. But they went after those kids also because they were religious of the Catholic faith. Let's be honest. They would not have done this if this group was any other faith that I can think of, they would not have done it if these kids were a different, uh, if they were minorities, they wouldn't have done it if they were wearing different hats. There's real, lousy, fraudulent reporting going on in this country. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. We'll be right back. in. about you but watching the news and fighting the onslaught of fake news takes up a lot of mental and physical energy it's exhausting need to stay sharp it starts by eating right if getting healthy was one of your resolutions i have an easy effective way and it only takes a minute out of your day field of greens by brickhouse nutrition this beats trying to eat enough fruits and vegetables by a mile Field of Dreams is a real superfood, not like the fake health powders made of extracts. This is real food, and the difference can be seen right on the bottle. It has a nutrition facts panel, a label, not supplement facts. One scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA organic fruits and vegetables complete with antidioxins. One scoop of this daily will power you with clean, real energy that fuels a healthier and happier lifestyle. Here's what you do. Try it. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com. That's BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com. Take advantage of our limited time offer, 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. Again, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. All right. Joe, Columbus, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. 
Hey, how you doing, Mark? Uh, Mark, hey, pleasure very well. Mark, I've kind of grown uh, desensitized to the media. They're not the media; they're, they're the Politburo. Mm-hmm. But what I find disgusting is the way that diocese passed judgment. They were almost like Pontius Pilate to me. Crucify them. Crucify they dumped them those now. kids immediately. Yes, and so did that dirtbag priest on CNN. They they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, that's what I got the problem with. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if anybody else found that as disgusting as I did. Well, I don't watch CNN, but I heard about this priest. Just remember this. CNN picks their guests because they already know what they're going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. they picked a radical priest. That's what they did. But you might think they'd show a little more heart. I mean, I'm a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the years, I've, you know, I've been embarrassed as to their antics, what they've done, uh, you know, the crimes they committed. You might think they may have might have learned from all this, the, the, these, these bad actors. And that was their chance to just to simply say, we're going to look into this and we're going to take the necessary steps. I, but, I don't understand. Due process, it's in our Constitution, but it's a notion of, of the Enlightenment and Western civilization. You have kids here. You have a video clip. Don't you want to ask questions and actually find out what took place before convicting them? And you know what, Mark? I would take any one of them boys as my own family member with all they endured. That they, they, they look like good kids, especially oh, that good. one that was being stared down. Oh, he, that kid was more, more mature than his age indicated. I think so, too. And he's pushing back. God bless him. Yes. All right, Joe. Thank you, buddy. Steve, Oakdale, Connecticut, XM Satellite. Quickly, my friend. Good evening, Mr. Levin, sir. Good evening. It's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say I have an eight-year-old daughter, and after 20 years in the Navy, I don't think that I have the discipline to react the way this child did yep. when he had the man staring him down, getting in his face, a mob forming around him, everyone antagonizing him. And the guy there. beating the drum in his face and ear. And he was stoic. He stood there stoically. And he just, with a look at this... Well, I want to thank you for your service. I have to go, Steve. Call again. I appreciate it. I agree with you 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, in one half hour, I'm on Fox TV on Hannity. Check us out. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and all the brave men and women who protect us. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you in 30 minutes on Fox, and I'll see you tomorrow right here. Take care. Take care.